Let's pray and we'll ask God for his help. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we do thank and praise you for your mercy and kindness to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for bringing us through this book of Joshua and for the many things that we've learned of your faithfulness to your promises. Please help us now as we look at this last section to understand what it says and uh, to make the choices that we need to make. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, choices, choices, choices. Life is full of them. We're constantly having to choose. Mind Numb magazine recently polled 200 people and they reckon that a typical adult makes 27 choices per day, usually starting with the choice whether to switch the alarm off or hit the snooze button. They reckon that we can spend up to nine minutes per choice, so that could potentially add up to four hours each day just deciding what to do. According to this article, the average person will make 773,618 choices in their lifetime. And they reckon we'll end up regretting 143,262 of them. You can't avoid it. In this life, you have to make choices. But for me, I have to say, it comes to a crisis point whenever I go into Coles. Uh, Just put aside the fact that I have to choose between Coles in Westfield or Coles Coles in Chatswood Chase. I get into Coles and the choices just seem endless. All I want is some apples for the children's lunches. How am I supposed to know if I should choose red apples, green apples, pink apples or yellow apples? I just want some milk to put on my breakfast. Do I choose the Coles milk, which is good for my wallet but bad for the farmers? Or do I go for a more expensive one? I just want milk. I don't need a crisis of conscience to make a choice about milk. It's the same with pretty much every product on the market. There are dozens of different kinds of every single thing. There are 12 different kinds of coconut water in Coles. I could spend a month in there trying to work out for each thing I buy what's best, condemned to try to balance the benefits of different brands and weights and and prices, paralysed with indecision. I tell you what, it's enough to send anyone off to Aldi. (laughs) Where you buy what they tell you to buy. A good German shop where you have much less choice. The book of Aldi... uh, The book of Aldi. Why did that get more laughs than any of my jokes? (laughs) The book of Joshua ends with two speeches. (laughs) Two speeches. Both speeches by Joshua himself. Uh, Joshua shows Israel... That God has done what he's promised to do. And he calls on them to make a choice. First speech probably happens in Shiloh. Joshua is old by now. He calls Israel together and he starts off by reminding them of the victories that God has won in fulfillment of his promises. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 1. Have a look with me. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 1. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. God has been faithful. And Joshua reminds Israel that that God will be faithful. They will receive all of their inheritance in the land. Verse 4. Remember 
how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. God has been faithful. God will be faithful. And in response, Israel need to serve God. Joshua tells them they need to obey God's law. He says, don't compromise with the other nations. Don't follow their gods. You need to make a choice. You need to choose to serve God and not idols. Verse 6. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you do a hold fast to the Lord your God. Verses 9 to 11, can you see there? He reminds them again of what God has done. And in response, he calls on them to love God. Verses 12 to 13, Joshua warns Israel, if you follow idols instead of God, you'll lose your place in the promised land. And then Joshua finishes this first speech by talking again of God's promises. God has made good promises to Israel. If they'll serve him, if they'll be his people, he's promised to bless them in the land. But those are not the only promises that God has made. God has also promised that if Israel turn away from him, he will destroy them. God is faithful to his promises, that is good, but it's a two-edged sword. It's not so good if you are unfaithful to God. Pick it up in verse 14. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14. Now, says Joshua, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as every good promise of the Lord your God has come true, so the Lord will bring on you all the evil he has threatened until he has destroyed you from this good land he's given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you. And you'll quickly perish from the good land he has given you. In 1959, Ruby Hutchinson started an organisation. It was called the Australian Consumers Organisation. I think we've got a picture of uh, Ruby there. Um, the Australian Consumers Organisation uh, Association, Australian Consumers Association, decided they wanted to help Australian consumers to make good choices about what they buy. And so they began testing things, trying them out uh, to see if they live up to their promises. They opened a laboratory and they also started a magazine to report their findings. The name of the magazine? Choice Magazine. Has anyone ever used Choice Magazine when you're choosing? Yeah, I I know I have. Uh, It makes very good sense to me as an indecisive buyer. Uh, It is good to find out if a product or article lives up to its promises. That will help you to know whether or not you should choose it. Joshua makes it clear here. God has lived up to his promises. He's shown that he has the goods. He's passed the independent laboratory tests. He's kept his promises. He's brought Israel many victories. He will keep his promises. He will give them all their inheritance in the land. Now Israel need to make their choice. Will they serve God? Or will they serve idols? If they serve God, they'll be blessed. 
if they serve idols, they will lose their place in the land. That's Joshua's first speech. Uh, Chapter 24, Joshua gives a second speech. This time it's in the town of Shechem. Again, he calls Israel together. And again, he tells them the history of God's faithfulness to his promises. So verses 2 to 4. 2 to 4, we start with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God kept his promises. He gave them descendants. Verses 5 to 7. Joshua tells the story of how God kept his promises to Israel. He rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt. That's verses 5 to 7. Verses 8 to 10, Joshua talks about how in fulfillment of God's promise, Israel conquered the land on the east of the Jordan. Then in verses 11 to 13, Joshua tells how God fulfilled his promises by giving them victory on the west of the Jordan. God has done so much for Israel over hundreds of years. He's faithfully kept his promises. And so now, once again, Joshua calls on Israel to respond. He says, you've got to stop with idolatry. You've got to serve God alone faithfully. He says, Israel, it's decision time. You've got to make your choice. Choose whom you will serve. And he tells them the choice that he's making. Look with me at verse 14. Chapter 24 and verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The Israelites respond. They, they make their choice. They say, God has been so good to us, of course we'll serve him. Verse 16. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua warns Israel. This is a serious choice to make. In fact, this is a promise you can't keep. You're never going to serve a holy God perfectly. And if you turn to idols, it's going to be a disaster. Verse 19. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people insist, we will serve God. And so Joshua helps them to make a covenant with God. He sets up a stone to remind them of the choice that they've made And then he sends them home to their inheritance. Verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. 
That day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem, he drew up for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. The Israelites are in their inheritance. The book of Joshua then ends by talking about three burials. Three burials, very significantly, in the promised land. God has kept his promises. Israel are home in the land and Joshua and Joseph and Eleazar find their rest. But just notice two things. Just notice two things about this last section, because this is actually a very, very happy ending. First, in verse 29, verse 29, do you notice what Joshua is called? Can you see it there? The servant of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There he is, the servant of the Lord. Then in verse 31, Verse 31, do you notice what it says about Israel? Verse 31, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. Amazing. By God's grace, Joshua and Israel have done the impossible. They've made their choice and they've stuck to it. They served God to the end. Okay, congratulations. You've made it to the end of Joshua. Uh, can you see what's here in these final chapters? Two speeches by Joshua, two speeches that I reckon summarize the whole message of the book of Joshua very well. Because the book of Joshua is all about how God keeps his promises, isn't it? God keeps his promises in the land, and therefore Joshua and Israel should be strong and courageous. They should serve him. Here again, he says, God has kept his promises. God will keep his promises for better and for worse. You've got to make your choice. Turn away from idols. Serve God. Serve the living and true God. Israel promised to do it. And then Joshua and Israel do serve God in their generation. You know, in the New Testament, Christians are described in a way that reminds me very much of Joshua chapter 23 to 24. Just have a look with me on your outline there. This is from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, and it's a description of the Thessalonians becoming Christians. Have a look at how it's, how it's described. Just notice the echoes of Joshua. Here's what it meant for the Thessalonians to become Christians. Paul writes, You turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. That is quite similar to Joshua's call to Israel, don't you reckon? Turn to God from idols. Choose to serve the living and true God. And again, why would the Thessalonians do this? The same reason the Israelites do it is because God has fulfilled his promises. Joshua has reminded us of how God's kept his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Israel, to, in, coming out of Egypt, going into the land. And like Israel, the Thessalonians and Christians can look at God's, God's track record. As we look at Joshua, we're seeing how our God keeps his promises. But of course, as Christians, we have so much more, don't we? 
We have God's promises fulfilled in Jesus himself. Jesus who lived a perfect life. Jesus who died on the cross to take away our sin. Jesus who, as it says there in 1 Thessalonians, was raised to life by God. We have God's promises to save us, fulfilled in Jesus. And through Jesus we have the promise of an even better promised land, the ultimate promised land. When Jesus comes back from heaven, as it says there in Thessalonians, he will rescue us from God's wrath, rescue us from God's final judgment, He will bring us to a new heaven and a new earth where we will live forever in perfect harmony with God, with ourselves and with each other. God has fulfilled so many promises for us in Jesus, way more than for Israel in Joshua's day. God has even better promises for us than he did for them. And so like Israel, we need to make our choice. Like the Thessalonians, We need to make our choice. Choose to stop living for stuff that is not God. Stop living for idols. Choose through Jesus to serve the living and the true God. Now, of course, of course, like Israel, we'll keep on falling. As Joshua reminded Israel, it's impossible for us to serve God. In our own strength, we can never make it. We need to make this choice humbly and prayerfully, constantly relying on Jesus to forgive us and, and to, to be our advocate with God the Father, to speak to him on our behalf. And, and we've got to be relying on God's spirit to help us fight against our flesh, our sinful nature. We, we need God's help on this, but the fact remains, like Israel, we need to choose. Uh, you know how sometimes in your dreams you, you conflate different things from your life? Let me tell you about a dream that I had a while ago, a very disturbing dream. Uh, but, uh, well, I'll start off by, uh, by giving you the things from my life that I reckon gave rise to the dream. Three, three things. The first thing dates all the way back to 1992. Uh, Carmelina and I had been going out for nearly three years. We'd finished at Macquarie University. We were working. And it was pretty obvious, at least to Carmelina, that it was time to move the relationship forward to get married. Now, I was 23 years old, young and stupid, and I was procrastinating about it. And so for a few weeks, we had conflict. Carmelina saying, you really need to get your act together. Uh, Me procrastinating until finally I made the sensible choice and asked her to marry me. That's the first thing. Uh, Second thing, I heard a song by the Dixie Chicks. Yes, we like both kinds of music in our family, country and western. Uh, The... uh, The singer sings about how she foolishly turned down a bloke who wanted to marry her. And now she's lonely and miserable. Uh, She sings, I listened to my pride when my heart cried out for you. And now every day I wake again in a house that might have been a home. Sad sad songs (laughs) say so much. Third thing. Third thing. Uh, July before last, Carmelina was offered a week in a holiday house on the south coast. Uh, She and the children were on holidays, I had to work, and so she took the kids down the coast and I was left on my own. Now, I'm sorry if I sound like a sook, but you need to realise I have never in my life been on my own. Uh, I lived with my parents and siblings until I got married. Anyway, I had a great time for one night. Uh, No one to look after, no bickering children in the background, no competition for the remote control. Fabulous for one night. But by the Wednesday, I'd join my family down the coast. (laughs) I know I'm a sook, 
but I wasn't so keen on being by myself. Anyway, those three circumstances in the background, let me tell you about my dream. (laughs) In my dream, I wasn't married. I was on my own. And I didn't have any of the things that Carmelina and I have worked so hard to get. I didn't have her, I didn't have our children, didn't have my job, didn't have this church. I was in a house that might have been a home. Uh, Then in the dream, I met Carmelina. Uh, She was married to someone else. (laughs) I said, what happened? Why aren't you married to me? She said, you had your chance back in 1992. (laughs) You refused to make your choice. Now you've missed out on all those good things. Friends, God is offering you all the good things of the promised land. He's offering you an eternal inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. But you've got to make your choice. You can't get around this. You can't just procrastinate about it. You need to actively, consciously choose to serve God. To do nothing, to procrastinate, is to choose against God and to miss out. And don't think you can have it both ways. We saw it in our second reading. Jesus himself said, you cannot serve two masters. You can't have a foot in both camps. You can't choose to live for this world here and now and then think you'll be able to live for God in the next life. No, you need to make your choice today. God has kept his promises. God will keep his promises. The promised land lies before us. So friends, choose this day whom you will serve. Will you live for this world? Or will you live for the Lord Jesus Christ? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you because you have faithfully fulfilled your promises. You fulfilled your promises to Abraham, Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. You fulfilled your promises to Israel, rescuing them out of Egypt, bringing them through the wilderness and bringing them into the promised land. You fulfilled your promises of both mercy and judgment to Israel. And you have fulfilled your promises in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank and praise you that he has lived and died and risen again, that we can be rescued from your judgment and saved and brought into the ultimate promised land. Heavenly Father, please work in us by your spirit so that we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him and serving him all our days. We pray it in Jesus' name.